Oh hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, episode number 72. Buckle your shoe, it's 2024. Episode number one of 2024. <laughs> yeah, I think that would have worked better if we were in 2022, but... Yeah, it didn't. I mean, yeah, 72 yeah. is a weird one to start uh, 2024 with. It'd be nice yeah. if it was a nice round number. But if you take well. 24 times it by... Three, it's seventy-two. <laughs> that is true. I don't know. What <laughs> That's true. And the three yeah. we just came from twenty twenty-three. Take okay. the three. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. To add, this isn't a video because we could put that like uh, meme of the lady like with the, the, the thinking the, face yeah, and all the equations, formulas <laughs> on the board and stuff. Yeah, I really had to dig deep for that one, and <laughs> that's all I could come up with. Da Vinci Code over here. Uh, but we're back. It's 2024. It is January 2024. Uh, and January means a new year, new you, new beginnings. But it also means those dreaded words. Dry January. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. At least for some people. For some. I had always, you know. Point fingers. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd always scoffed at, you know, doing dry January. Just because I was like, well, I don't need to do dry January. I love beer. Boo, 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 boo. But, um, beer. I've become a fat animal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and beer is, is not helping that a little bit. Um, and Lauren and some of her friends wanted to do Whole30. So Lauren is strictly adhering to Whole30. I'm 95% Gina. going there because... Uh, as you can see by the title of the episode, or if we didn't put it in the title, we're drinking non-alcoholic <laughs> beers today. And beer is not Whole30 at all, even non-alcoholic, because it has uh, sugars derived from barley. And I don't know, Whole30 is kind of confusing to me, but can't have any added sugars, can't have any grains, can't have any grain byproducts or anything. So yeah, we've been doing, Lauren has been drinking some hop waters, though. There's a few commercial examples of that. We're probably going to do that for our next episode in the dry January season. But uh, what you drinking right now, Lauren? I have Sierra Nevada's Hop Splash, made with Citra and Amarillo hops. Yeah, and that's a little prelude. We've gotten uh, a few, and actually I'm going to charge myself with making a hop water for the next episode. So that way we can do kind of a taste test of what homemade versus commercial examples uh, taste like. But we'll be trying that one in that episode, so we won't go into too much detail. But hop water is compliant with her diet because it's just water and hops. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Just vegetable water. It's basically like if you put cucumber in an infuser and just get that flavor. Yeah. But it's hops instead hops. of cucumber. <laughs> Could have had a hop water. But yeah, so we're here. Dry January. Making it through. So far, the, uh, this episode will come out a little later, but we're recording. We're about... Six days in, seven days in. <laughs> yeah. Does it feel like an eternity? <laughs> it does. If I've gone through withdrawals, shakes. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we've not had any alcohol withdrawal signs. We've, we've made it so far. That's good. So you don't have a problem. I will You're say the, the hardest thing about like pseudo whole 30 diet thing, it's such a restrictive diet. Like alcohol has been the easiest thing to cut out. I'm like, I just really want some bread. <laughs> What's some bread? I want some cheese. Uh, oh, yeah, che cheese. cheese is the hardest thing usually for me. But then I also have like a really big sweet tooth. Mm -hmm. And so like those sugar cravings are like the worst things that I have oh. that first week. 
and usually they dissipate throughout the month but yeah i mean i've been i i have a sweet tooth as well and i love my ice cream and whatever and you can't have dairy at all so mm. none of that it's pretty much just like meat vegetables it's weird stuff you can't have legumes you can't have like That's, yeah it's interesting like things that uh, are kind of conventionally known as healthy ish healthy, yeah. options still can be not compliant mm-hmm. but so, uh yeah you guys are troopers for tucking through i kind of thought about maybe doing a modified dry january but i don't know that's gonna i, I think i won't make it the month i jen and i are doing a, a race in a couple of weeks and i've been trying to cut down on my alcohol because i've noticed that when i drink several beers the next day i don't feel great because i'm a little dehydrated <laughs> So it's really not conducive. So I'm trying to, the next couple weeks we have before the race, I'm going to probably not have a ton of beer just to make sure I'm getting enough hydration in my body. Yeah, but your race is in Asheville, so there's no way you could do dry January because you're in Asheville. Yeah. Like Reward yourself afterwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could just like not drink the rest of the month through the 20th and then on the 20th after the race just... Enjoy it. Go ham. <laughs> yeah. Because we are going to go to Sierra Nevada, I'm pretty sure. So maybe we'll get some hot water there. And then, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of a, a bit of a teaser to the, our upcoming lineup here. But yes, yeah, so we don't have any Sierra Nevada NA options, but they do have some. Mm-hmm. And they just released two new NA products that I, I might try while we're in Asheville. Well, I guess it's Mills River, technically. But. Yeah. Close enough. But yeah. So today, you know, we're trying to. With the NA beer, so Nick mentioned we don't have any Sierra Nevada, um, and that's true. What we did was we we wanted to stick to, like, grocery store available, so widely distributed non-alcoholic beers, just so that way it's a little more relatable to the episode versus, like, hyper-local or limited distribution. Um, so we'll go through that lineup in, in a little while, but basically we got anything that you can get in pretty much any grocery store. Some of them maybe a little bit more of a wide selection grocery store. Um but for a majority of them are just off the shelf. You know, you can go to Walmart, you can go to Food Lion or, you know, some other right. grocery store in the area. We're based in the southeast, so your selections might be a little bit uh, different, but we try to stick with those. But before we jump into the tasting and kind of the NA beer showdown, we wanted to talk a little bit about what non-alcoholic beer really is and how it's made. Yeah, so non-alcoholic beer is is pretty much beer <laughs> just without the alcohol. I mean, what it is, that's that's what it is and and there can be some differentiations based off the method to make it non-alcoholic. I mean, I'm sure you're all familiar before kind of the NA beer craze happened, you know, O'Doul's classic example. Uh what else? Like Bush NA or something like that. Yeah. Like that was one I always saw. Bush nah. Bush nah. <laughs> yeah, and I I I think we purposely tried to steer away from those options for this lineup, even mm-hmm. though they are definitely available pretty much everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, they're, uh, I feel like old duels was kind of my only idea or concept of what NA beer was for a long time. I didn't think anyone else even dabbled with it, mm-hmm. but then I also realized, Oh, like Guinness makes an NA beer, which we had on a previous episode. I know that we, we tried the, the NA Guinness and it was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I was surprised when we were in Germany how many non-alcoholic beers there were. I mean, there was all these, like, alcohol-free versions or, like, zero versions uh-huh. of their beers. And, and so one of the stats I saw when, when doing some research for this episode was that they have over, like, Europe has, like, 400 varieties of non-alcoholic beer, something like that. So it's, it's a good seller. 
Um, and it makes sense, you know, as, as how much beer drinking is like integrated into those cultures. And right. Stuff. Um, but here we've been kind of on a, on a, <laughs> with a bad rap with non-alcoholic beer with those options we mentioned before. But I think it really started kicking back on the scene when companies like, you know, athletic started really heavily marketing, you know, as a beer alternative or like a, you know, you want the craft beer vibe without the alcohol, you know, and, and pitched as like a health conscious alternative. And I think it took a couple of years for the other breweries to get, really onto right. it and to start doing a lot of the beers. But now we're seeing like, you know, I don't ever remember seeing, you know, uh, non-alcoholic, you know, Sierra Nevada or things like that. <laughs> like right. kind of crazy. Um, and yeah. you're probably not going to get an NA beer at your small microbrewery local, but, uh, just cause there's some equipment and processes evolved uh, with doing it. But a lot of the major breweries are making some sort of, uh, non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, whether it be the non-alcoholic beer itself or doing like a hop water, as we've talked about previously. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you mentioned the athletic. I, I just saw, I don't know if you noticed, our our buddy Tosh from Casita Brewing Company. We met him a few years back. He actually is now an ambassador for athletic brewing. Oh, really? He's really into running, and so he's a, an ambassador for them, and so he kind of promotes their, their product and has really switched over to like a primarily non-alcoholic beer consumption versus maybe having one or two beers during the week but that kind of goes into the whole like you know lifestyle choice of you know if you're an athlete you maybe don't want to drink a ton because of the implication of alcohol on performance and so having that option i think is really nice and the fact that they're like investing in people trying to kind of support those different demographics and lifestyles so yeah i thought that was pretty cool to see that someone is close to to us is even part of their like ambassador team yeah. Yeah. And we did a, a non-alcoholic beer episode back in when was it, like November or December in 2022. Yeah. Um, and that was because when, when Lauren was pregnant and we weren't telling anybody that she was. <laughs> so we we're like, let's pitch this idea. And then what did we tell you guys when we did the episode or something like that? Yeah, um, I didn't even think I don't think I even knew because. When you told me the idea, I was like, that's really interesting timing just to pick to do NA right now, but okay. I don't think it was that episode we told him. I think it was the next episode okay. because like yeah. we couldn't. We had the week limit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I couldn't really drink at all that one. No, no. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we did that back then. We drank primarily athletic offerings. We did have the Guinness, I think, zero at that point. Um, but again, athletic, I don't even see always in the grocery store depending on where you're at. Sometimes it's like yeah. an online order or something like that. But Yeah, some of the craft beer stores here, like the, the bottle shops carry it. Uh, again, like we could have probably gotten some different products that are a little more unique, but at the same time, you know, making choices that works accessible, I think was a good option because depending on where you're listening from, you may be able to find at least a couple of these at your grocery store. Um, and if you're into those, then you might even want to dabble into... Uh, your kind of local mm-hmm. NA beer, so yeah, yeah, and so NA beer. So how is it made? Uh, it's there's actually a whole bunch of different methods that are out there, and even some methods that some home brewers could use. Um, those methods are a little more crude and may not yield the best tasting uh, NA beer, but there's you know just a bunch of different ways. So the the main categories is as far as making uh, NA beer, and this is according to nabeerclub.com and wassel.com 
Uh, yeah, the first first method kind of being arrested fermentation. The next being simulated fermentation. There's even some beers with no fermentation, and then there's this kind of uh, process of dealcoholization. So basically, taking regular beer and taking the alcohol out of it. Uh, so starting out with arrested fermentation. Yeah, so you're stopping that fermentation early, either through a couple methods. One of them being reducing the temperature of the wort. Uh, as it's fermenting so keeping it below 60 degrees fahrenheit which is kind of that threshold for when alcohol is produced by yeast so if you keep it real cold at that point it may not produce enough alcohol to be you know counted generally alcohol free beers by law in the u.s are anything that's less than 0.5 percent abv so it's not completely alcohol free uh, a lot of them but they are very low alcohol Alternatively, with the arrested fermentation model, you can use basically non-fermentable sugars or, you know, keep your grain bill down so that way you're reducing the amount of fermentable sugars that are available for the yeast to, to convert and create alcohol as a byproduct. You know, if you're thinking about the fermentation process, the yeasts are chewing up those fermentable sugars, uh, rapidly multiplying, creating byproducts, and then one of those byproducts is alcohol. So if you're stopping that process, you're not getting there. Uh, similar to like arrested fermentation, I guess not similar to, but, you know, using a little bit of a different process is this simulated fermentation. Uh, and this is either using like enzymes or alternative yeast strains that don't produce alcohol as part of their metabolic reactions. So, you know, they can either, uh, use a commercially available yeast, which there's actually quite a few out there. I was kind of taking a gander at what options there were. And a lot of the major yeast producers will, um, have these have these yeast strains that don't really produce alcohol as a byproduct of that sugar metabolism. So kind of interesting. You know, you still got yeast breaking down compounds, um, making some changes, making some flavor profiles, but not just producing that alcohol character. Yeah, and some of your larger craft breweries like Sierra Nevada, they have their own innovation team and their their own group of basically chemists that brew in their uh, brew team, and so. For their new Trail Pass series, which is, they've got two different NA options there. They actually list on their website uh, that they go with this option of using like a different yeast strain than they typically use in their lagers or ales to get like a simulated fermentation because they feel that kind of creates more of a true beer f beer tasting NA option, whereas some of the other options can maybe taste a little bit different than your beers you're expecting it to taste. And so having like the kind of enzyme reactions or the, the yeast strains that aren't going to produce that kind of give you a, a, maybe a more uh, accurate copy of a beer that is alcoholic, if that makes sense. So I, I don't think everyone has the ability necessarily to kind of play yeah. with the science that much, <laughs> but the, the bigger players definitely can and oh, do. I love drinking simulations. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a simulation. We're in a simulation. In a simulation. In a simulation. Uh, simulation, simulated fermentation also could, sounds like our podcast name. <laughs> simulated fermentation. Simulated fermentation. Uh, the lovely option next, you know, I mentioned this one was no fermentation at all. <laughs> this one I don't, I don't think I've seen very often. They said it's, uh, popular in, um, some of the Arabic countries because of like the ban on alcohol, uh, in their cities and, uh, areas, but they said basically it's kind of like a dessert 
beer. It's kind of like having beer without the beer, where mm. you're just kind of drinking straight wort, which would be very sweet. Um, it is, yeah. Wort it is doesn't pretty sound sweet. that pleasant. Wort, 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 wort. Gotta stir that wort, 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 wort. Yeah. Do they carbonate it, or is it kind of... I didn't get that far into it, because oh. I was kind of like, that sounds yeah. kind of gross. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Like, I don't know if even the carbonation would save that from being just like a flat sweet kind of like sticky drink maybe it would help a little bit maybe it wouldn't i don't know if being a sparkling beverage in that sense would be good or bad yeah it's like a malt tea yeah probably not something that you're gonna run into a lot with a lot of the commercial na beers yeah because you're they're really i mean I think a lot of the NA beer scene is trying to mimic the alcoholic right. product because that's what people are used to and that's what sells. That's probably one of the best options, though, if you're trying to actually have an alcohol-free beer, which most of these are not marketed as alcohol-free because of that, like you said, that range of 0 to 0.5% alcohol by law to be considered non-alcoholic. If they're marketed or branded as alcohol-free, then it's strictly 0%, which is not common. Uh, I think that's because a lot of these different, you know, the simulated fermentation or the controlled fermentation, those are going to produce a little bit of a byproduct of alcohol, but it's just such a small amount that, um, you know, it's not going to be super noticeable unless you have a ton of them. So yeah. I can't imagine people are going to use that <laughs> non-fermentation option unless they're trying to do alcohol-free and mm-hmm. avoid any kind of reaction from having any kind of yeast, eating the sugars and maybe producing a, a small, you know, a minute amount of alcohol yeah and we were the last time like we did a homebrew um the stuff we pulled off before to grab the specific gravity that was before we pitched the yeast right yeah and so we've tried that oh yeah it's sweet and like not good that's why i'm like it's just i mean it's fine it's just yeah like it's not that would not be an enjoyable beverage no it would not (laughs) (laughs) because maybe we should we shouldn't knock it yeah, unless they use like <laughs> alternative gre- ingredients or something like that. So, but I mean, if you like it, good for you. Drink it up. Drink, 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 drink. <laughs> that's the that's the song of the day. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Gosh, you know, and then really where I think a lot of the examples come into, I guess, some more using these alternate yeasts, but the dealcoholization process. Uh, there's a whole variety of methods that you can do this. Some of them kind of damaging to the beer, uh, some of them a little less so. Uh, but it either has to do with either like filtration, evaporation, or distillation. Uh, big thing, you know, so like the first one we'll talk about is vacuum evaporation. So since uh, alcohol is a relatively volatile compound and has a lower boiling point, you can apply a little bit of heat under vacuum and that can help uh, basically pull out the alcohol and then take it off from the beer. So in this process, they usually heat it up to around like 98 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, and it's kept under vacuum pressure, and then that will eventually pull that alcohol out. With And that temperature is relatively low, so it, it may not destroy some of those other flavor compounds that are in the beer. A similar method... Um, would be vacuum distillation, but this one use a little bit higher heat, uh, usually around 105 degrees, but basically it's like a distillation process versus just that evaporative process. So you've got the beer, you're heating it up, you're distilling off the alcohol, 
collecting that distillate based on whatever temperature it goes. And usually some of those flavor compounds will distill off prior to the alcohol. So what they do is they actually collect those flavor compounds and then they collect the alcohol, they discard the alcohol and then add back in the distilled off flavor compounds. So it's a little bit more destructive to the flavor because there's more heat. You're actually removing those compounds. So who knows if they're going under some sort of change, but they're, you know, really, it's a little bit less aggressive than just straight off, straight up boiling the alcohol off because alcohol has a Mm -hmm. uh, boiling point around ethanol, the alcohol within in beer and stuff is around 170 degrees Fahrenheit. So if you crank the beer temp up that high, you'd do a lot of damaging effects uh, to the flavor of the beer. Yeah. And that's, that's a nice kind of push into the the next couple because these are options that you can de-alcoholize without that kind of damaging temperature change. So first one is a membrane filtration option, which has been used in the past with wine. And so this has been adopted for beer now. Um, it's kind of a newer trend with beer, but has had a lot of success with winemaking. So this is basically a way of filtering um, using some kind of membrane to actually uh, pull the uh, filter out the alcohol from that way. But it also retains flavor because you're not changing the temperature, you're not increasing it, getting that boil and kind of trying to boil off alcohol. Uh, you get to maintain your consistent beer temperature. All those like kind of volatile compounds are not going to be impacted like they would be with some of the other options like the uh, vacuum distillation or the evaporation. And so this one seems to be kind of a promising avenue. And I think uh, it says here from the Boisson website, it's actually one of the two kind of preferred methods for dealkalization because of that option to not have to increase your temperature and kind of tamper with or distort the product of uh, the beer itself because you're kind of, like you said, damaging the compounds with the, uh, the increased temperature. Next type is a reverse osmosis which is when they're taking the liquid and forcing it through that filter membrane under high pressure. So some of the flavors can get lost in that membrane process. (laughs) This reminds me of like CRT (laughs) or dialysis. Yeah, well, it kind of is, yeah. That's what, yeah. So the reverse osmosis procedure, I mean, if you've done like chem or anything like that, you, you, the, you know, osmosis is like the water traveling to the gradient that has the most solutes. Um, if you're doing reverse osmosis, you're doing the opposite of that. So normally to maintain that homeostasis, you're going to go to water will go from areas of low concentration, areas of high concentration, but using the pressure and the filter membranes, you're basically pushing that water through those membranes and forcing it to go to a low concentration area. And that pretty much just strips everything out of it at that point. Um, there's some like, you know, highly dissolved particles or things that, that may transfer through the membrane, but usually reverse osmosis is pretty much clearing everything out. Um, and they're probably adding those flavors back in, but like Lauren said, some of those flavors can actually kind of get stuck in those filter membranes and then be lost. Uh, so you, you run the risk of, of losing some of those flavor compounds in there. You just got to start with like more flavor than you want. <laughs> yeah. That way I when it filters off some of flavor. it, then you have a, an approachable beer at the end. Yeah. Oh, this flavor. is just water. Interesting. <laughs> well, I started thinking about like other things that we filter and like there are some benefits to filtration for 
say things like water and like, yeah, it does strip some of the flavor, but sometimes that's not a bad thing because some of the flavor in unfiltered water is not stuff that you, it's coming from stuff you don't want to consume anyway. So, yeah. And I mean, even beer, like on a commercial scale is often filtered, um, unless they have like centrifuges or something, but it just depends on that membrane pore size. So if you have, you know, big holes, then small molecules can go through those big holes and they trap basically the unwanted chemical compounds. But if you have like reverse osmosis and there's really tiny pores in the in the membranes so you're filtering out a lot of stuff because i mean if you think about alcohol or ethanol ethanol is a relatively small compound chemically speaking um so it's kind of tough to filter that out unless you've got some really tiny membranes we got tiny membranes tiny membranes now there was one other technique that that i saw that you could use um on the like commercial side um, but I'm not sure what the difference is between the vacuum evaporation. I don't know if they use a similar or a different process, but this was a process of gas stripping where they would gently heat the water under vacuum. And then they would either infuse uh, water vapor or nitrogen gas through it. And since alcohol is very soluble in those two compounds, it actually can pull that alcohol out and strip those compounds now again i think you would lose some other things that are still in there because it's not a a clean perfect process Um, but i saw that one as well so a lot of very complex methods that are added on to the brew uh cycle so when you start to see a little bit more price on some of these beers like usually the na beer is more expensive than the regular beer by far you're like why am i paying more there's no alcohol in this yeah yeah exactly and it's funny how like expensive hop water is too (laughs) yeah there's way less ingredients (laughs) yeah it's two ingredients but i guess hops are the most expensive but we definitely have come a long way though i was reading on like sierra nevada's website when they talked about their their new na beers coming out and uh you know the early days of doing like small beers is what they would kind of call mm-hmm. the two to three percent beers over across the pond. And those were basically they just took the wort and they just used more water and like kind of got less of the uh, like grain from the mash. Like when they put the second runnings of the water through, mm-hmm. there's just less sugars for the yeast to ferment with. And so like it just created a beer that was lower ABV. But also probably is really bland because <laughs> you've yeah. already done the mash once. It's like here's some more water over a mash that we've already produced a beer from and we're just going to like get a little more a small extraction of some sugars but it's going to be in such a low quantity that yes you're going to have a low abv beer but probably very tasteless as well so yeah at least now we've got processes for like stripping alcohol or controlling fermentation but still having a beer that's like full flavored full bodied yeah i mean you see that with like session ipas you know always lighter flavor or like the low calorie ipas where they reduce those fermentable sugars by a lot you know you you start to taste them then and as i was doing some research on hop water and, and stuff um i saw a video i think it was from more beer but they interviewed some of the guys at lagunitas and uh they were talking about you know how they were making like those table beers the two to three percenters table or whatever. Beers. but nobody <laughs> nobody wanted to buy them because everybody was either like i want alcohol free or i want like high abv beers (laughs) there was no like in between it was like we don't want low abv beers we want no abv or regular or high like so uh you don't see a lot of those yeah but every once in a while if you see a place that brews like real traditional beers you might see like a three percenter somewhere um but that's just uh, just an interesting thing so or like some of those like german sour styles 
yeah yeah exactly like if you you know go to europe and something you'll see some more of those there but well we talked a little bit about how to make non-alcoholic beer not really you personally but how it's made (laughs) um so let's do a showdown so we've got five beers sitting in front of us right now uh, and as we said, this is like, uh, what is, what's that show? Guys Grocery Games or something like that? <laughs> this is uh, Secondary Fermentations Grocery, Non-Alcoholic Beer, Poorly Named Game Show. <laughs> it's a work in progress. The, yeah, the, yeah. We're working on the title. <laughs> but uh, we're going to do a little bit of showdown. We've got some different styles. We actually have three IPAs. We have one Belgian White and we have one Cerveza. Uh, so... Our goal by the end of this is to go through these beers and tell you which one. If you're going to the grocery store, you want to buy an NA beer, you're doing dry January, or you're just trying to watch your alcohol intake, you want to know a decent option to pick up. Uh, Our goal is to tell you out of these five beers, which one we would buy again. All right, Nick, are you ready to crack these beers? I'm ready. And it'll be just us. As we said, Lauren will not be partaking because of Whole30. So, first up, you guys picked up this from the store. I think you can get this at any Walmart, really. This is a Dos Equis Lime and Salt Zero. So, it's going to be a Mexican lager. I like the addition of the lime and salt because typically you're going to add in a lime wedge to a cerveza anyway, but now it kind of has that flavor in there. Yes, and also one thing we didn't mention, non-alcoholic does not always mean low-calorie. Uh, this one actually does. It, it says on the can what the cal- 73 cals per can. Um, and it says zero on here. I think zero is kind of a funny, um, almost like a misleading thing on here. Because right underneath the zero, it says non-alcoholic. And then under that, it says contains less than 0.5% alcohol. So it's not zero. And it's yeah. not zero calories. Is it zero carbs or something like that? No, it's 18 grams of carbs, so I'm not sure what... Zero protein, that's what it must no, mean. <laughs> zero protein. <laughs> I do find it interesting because that does seem a little bit misleading. Because a lot of time... Like the Coke use of zero. zero. Yeah, it's zero like... Zero calories, zero sugar, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There's something zero that's, like, actually meaningful. In this case, it's not what you would think. Yeah. Um, close enough, though. I guess if you're rounding... Well, actually, if you're rounding, it would round up to 1%. <laughs> well, it's less than 0.5%. So. Ah, so it rounds down. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, let's crack it open. Wow. Corny off the nose. Kind of like, I don't know, like a interesting smell. So this is lime and salt, so I think it's flavored. Okay, in the glass, it looks kind of like a, you know, a Dos Equis. <laughs> Clear beer, kind of a light golden color. Really effervescent head on it. It's very like, almost like soda bubbles. I don't know if you can hear that. I'm oh, trying yeah, to get some of the it, audio, yeah. but... You can, it's crispy on there. Yeah, it's a crispy boy. And it smells... It definitely smells like a... Mexican lager with that lime adjunct flavor in there. It kind of smells like um, like uh, corn chips. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> the tortilla chips. Or something. Yeah, because you can get like the lime and salt flavor, like tor- Tostitos or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I took a sip. 
very lime and salty. <laughs> mm. Maybe it's because I haven't had bread in six days. But <laughs> <laughs> Joe's like, oh my God, grains. <laughs> grains. Oh, I'm going to go into anaphylactic shock. <laughs> like, developed an allergy. Yeah, very, very limey. Mm-hmm. And the salt is is present. Like, this is... Yeah. It's kind of... I, it kind of tastes good, but it reminds me more yeah. of eating, like, those hint of lime chips. <laughs> Just drinking them instead. Yeah. I am impressed, though. I mean, I feel like that seems like I'm disparaging Dos Equis, but you kind of get what you get when you buy these, you know, quote-unquote, like, domestic Mexican lagers. <laughs> yeah. mm. but, I mean, this is enjoyable. It's... It's refreshing. Does it replace the beer experience for you, though? That's the question I feel like. I think partially I'm enjoying this a lot because of the salt component, and I just am craving salt because I ran 12 miles today, and I'm like probably partially <laughs> still dehydrated. So the saltiness is like hitting really hard right now. Yeah. But it is light. It is like more salty and limey than anything. Mm-hmm. So that, that part, I, I don't know if maybe... Like their standard, if they have a standard Dos Equis Zero, that's not lime and salt. Like that'd be interesting yeah. to try. But and that was the only one I saw. Um, yeah, so maybe I, they not just in the store, but just yeah. in general. But I didn't really look into it too hard. But yeah, I think it's missing that beer flavor. <laughs> that's the biggest thing for me. It's kind of like if you were really looking for that beer experience, I think the lime and salt kind of overtake it a little bit. Yeah. It's like a salty or Bud Light lime, um, but I don't know. I would, I could see a world where I would get this, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, especially like if, if you're trying to do like a, you know, Taco Tuesday or something, and you want to have some Mexican lagers. For one, it does part of the work for you. You don't have to mm-hmm. buy a lime and <laughs> cut it into wedges. Yeah. Also, it's a pain to put them into cans too. They just don't, never fit right. Mm-hmm. And then if you're trying to recycle, it's like getting the lime wedge back out. Who wants to do that? Yeah, exactly. So, but no, I think this would be great. This is a beer I think that would pair well with food. Like, I was a little hungry before this and like thirsty, and it's kind of hitting that spot. You know, it's like I want to scratch and have itch. a plate of nachos now. Oh yeah, nachos with this would be excellent. Yeah, so go to a sports bar. Like this would be a good sports bar beer. Yeah, it would like the the fried food, the wings, the nachos. You're going to catch the game, but you got to drive home afterward. The big game. Of this. You can have this with watch the big game, have some Totinos. Did you need to drink 12 of them? <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, it's less than 0.5%. So it's funny if you think about, like, say it was 0.5% and you had a 5% beer, you'd have to drink 10 of them to get to equal one beer. <laughs> I wasn't really thinking, and I poured the whole can. You're and we're going to do five total. And so probably need to. Not do full pours on the next four. Oh, but and I would say it was easy to get bit, down. Yeah. I mean, it was refreshing. It, it was light, only seventy three calories. So overall, I'm pretty. I'm pretty impressed with the product. It'll yeah. see, it'll be interesting to see where it stacks up because it's the only one we have of that style. And then yeah. we have, you know, like I said, a few IPAs coming up. But also, our next option is going to be Blue Moon, and their typical Belgian white beer they have a non-alcoholic variety and so that's one you know a lot of people kind of get into craft beer through blue moon 
I don't drink it much anymore. No, <laughs> but I can. I, I know what the flavor of Blue Moon is. I almost brought over oranges for <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> for garnish there, but I was like, again, it's with cans. It's just not as easy to to work with those garnishes. So yeah, and um, Blue Moon, a beer that I traditionally have not liked when I was in college. I didn't like it. Um, I've. I mean, I probably would now. It's again. It's like big beers entry into that craft market. Big beer, like Blue Moon and Shock Top, are like the examples of of those guys. Um, Shock Top, though, being now sold to that cannabis company in Canada. That's right. Um, but Blue Moon still, you know, living through. I'm cu- very curious as to how this one tastes. I don't think I've ever had like a non-alcoholic or you know low calorie any type of thing. Which this doesn't say it's low calorie anywhere. But this one says it's 80 calories, so a step up. From the last yeah, one, yeah, so but not, still not, not much. Many, I mean, though. but also it has one gram of protein. So, but the other thing I'll say about these, like you think, like a can of soda, like a can of Coke, or if you say pop, no, no, pop, <laughs> a can of soda or pop. If you have that, that's like what hundred and something calories, 160 yeah, probably. Yeah, and that's like yeah, you're way lower, which is surprising. Yeah, so I mean, you're about half of that, and it's you know again less than half of a half a percent of AB alcohol by volume. And then this one's actually pretty low carb too, which I was kind of surprised because it's a, you know, sort of like a, a wheat beer style and those can be a little bit heavier. It's the same amount. Actually, it's less carbs than the last one. So the Dos Equis came in at um, 18 grams. This one has 17 grams. Ooh. And they add that gram to the protein column. So that'll be interesting. So yeah, I'm going to be curious how they got the Belgian yeast flavor. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, because I feel like the Belgian yeast is such a, you know, a unique and, and like you taste that, you know what kind of beer you're drinking as soon as you taste that. So to replicate that, if they're doing, again, either the controlled fermentation or maybe an altered fermentation, it'll be interesting to see how they approached it. Yeah. You know, I, one thing I do wish is I wish I had a, um, I have had a, a Blue Moon more recently, just so I could kind of compare. True. So looking at the beer, again, uh, this one looks more like beer foam. The last one looked like, uh, you know, carbonated beverage foam other than beer, where this is a little more rich foam, a little haze to it, that kind of classic orangey blue moon color. Yeah, it looks the part so far. Yeah, on the nose, tons of citrus. Like, oh, yeah, tons. And I don't, that's where I'm wondering, like, and I'm not really getting any, like, uh, phenolic Belgian character. That's where I'm thinking that'll hurt me that I haven't had a blue moon in a while. Yeah, I don't think that it typically has such a strong aroma of citrus on the nose. Again, I think that's it pairs well with an orange. That's kind of its iconic, you know, yeah. garnish, I guess, if you will. And I'm wondering if maybe they sort of replaced some of the flavor lost through some kind of, you know, altered fermentation or de- dealkalization, and they're trying to amp up the flavor with some extra orangey yeah. flavor so we'll see because smelling this it smells like a straight up like if you just peeled a like a clementine or a mandarin orange or something oh 100 percent. like sweet too huh yeah very orangey flavor too yep i, I don't know how i feel about that <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh orange juice <laughs> It really is like it's it's got a little tiny hit of like spice in there too, 
Not a lot of depth of flavor, though. Yeah, because if, if you're getting a Belgian wit, like, you want that. Like, yes, you can have some of the other adjuncts in there, and you can have some of the spice kind of phenolic character, too. But, yeah, I want, I want that typical, like, Belgian-style yeast. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm getting, yeah, this is, like, it's just really orangey. Yeah, super orangey. The mouthfeel is very interesting on this one because it's, like, very light-bodied. But then it almost feels like it leaves like a slippery coating in your mouth. Like, are you getting that too? Or is it just me? Like, I feel like a little bit of like a mouth coating after drinking this. And I don't know if it's something that they use to try to beef up the head retention or something. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, It's like after you take a drink, swallow it. It's like, it still feels like stuff is kind of... on the roof of my mouth, I feel like there's Mm. something there. This is very interesting. Um, natural flavors. Let's try to see what it had. But no, it doesn't say, but it's very orange. It's like, it's kind of like diluted orange juice <laughs> with like a dash of like cinnamon and nutmeg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I would, I'd not be thrilled getting this again. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd buy this again. I this is a, a, a as weird as it sounds. I think this would be better served like hot. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> like, I think you could like pass it off more of as hot like a toddy. Like, get a hot toddy. Yeah, kind of like like a citrus hot citrus beverage. Like that's just the vibe I'm getting from it. Than drinking it cold. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it's. Not I mean, if I'm your favorite out, but. if your favorite part of a blue moon is the orange wedge or the orange slice, like yeah, you'll love this. To me, I would rather have a Blue Moon for the sake of having a, a wit beer or a Belgian white. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, maybe a touch of citrus is fine. I, I think it pairs well, but I don't want that to be the star of the show when mm-hmm. I'm drinking that kind of style. So it's, just, it's throwing me off a little bit. Again, it's, it doesn't taste bad. It's just not It's not really holding true to the style for one. Yeah. It doesn't taste like the original Blue Moon either. It's like a deviation from it in a way that like not not in a positive way, I guess. So. Yeah, and again, it's lost that beer flavor to it. Like the fermentation flavor is just like not there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of like <laughs> one dimensional. It's like if you ask like a sixth grader to make what Blue Moon tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how does a sixth grader know what? It, <laughs> I don't know. Like? Yeah, I don't know if they had to. If My they just looked at the picture, ten of these every every night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, now you're ready to move into IPA territory? Yeah, I think this will be a fun one because we've got basically three in a row here. We got first up. Yeah, and I feel like these ones have typically, or like IPAs have typically been the targets of, of low or no alcohol beer or like session beers. Yeah. Because, or locale ones, because the hops are there to mask the lack of malt and beer flavor. Um, so yeah. I'm curious, I haven't had many non-alcoholic IPAs other than I think the athletic, the last time we did that for that other episode. Um, but in front of us, we have a few selections and Nick's got the first one in his hand. I'll let you let him, uh, read it off for us. Straight from the Boston beer company. We have a Sam Adams, just the haze, non-alcoholic IPA. Now this, this part to me is the most interesting on the can in small print, it says malt beverage with natural flavors. 
Drinking so, beer is malt beverage. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I wonder if they use that in other beers. I don't think so. Um, and I don't know that necessarily you have to go in way. Now, the other thing I'm I'm using as far or I'm seeing as far as like nomenclature to replace beer, because I think when you're doing these NA beers, people are maybe hesitant to use beer in the name because yeah. of, I think people we've talked about it before people can get kind of fussy if they think they're buying a beer and they find out there's no alcohol in it but malt beverage or like the last one from blue moon it said it was a belgian style wheat brew so i think it's you know it's something you're brewing it still makes sense and malt beverage is technically accurate but i found that to be interesting that they use that in the yeah description yeah, but nowhere really on here it says beer yeah it says with this sam adams non-alcoholic brew so they remove. So this one they actually remove the alcohol from. It so says on the can, we remove the alcohol slowly and gently. Gently. Um, hazy hoppy brewed with pride and attention to detail. This so, one is the highest calories of the ones yeah. we got. 98. Uh, and the highest carbs, 22 grams of carbs. 1.5 gram of protein. So we're getting more oh, and more protein. More protein. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, those were the best cracks so far, I think. Yeah. Ooh, right off the bat, the nose. Much better than the other ones. Again, not unexpected with hops present. All right, hazy. I poured it yep. kind of aggressively. Got a very thick collar of foam here. Tons of hop aroma coming off. Which you get like citrusy, little tropical fruit. Yeah, I'm also getting some kind of like piney resinous hop too. Like kind of yeah. thinking about going into if you've ever done a brewery tour and you get into the like the cooler where the hops are stored and you can just smell it in the air. And then if you rub some of the lupulin in your hand and get a whiff, it's like kind of grassy, kind of give me that lupulin, piney. Let me loop you into some lupulin. Let me loop you, loop you in. <laughs> <laughs> Let me loop you in. It's loop you in. <laughs> I don't know why that made me think that it would be like, uh, like one of those really cheesy rap songs. Like if you're like in fifth grade and watching a video about like not doing drugs, it's like, hey kids, let me yeah. loop to you straight. <laughs> it's like a, it's like, like <laughs> loop you in. It's loop you beer. in. Like it's like a, you work, go to yeah. work at a brewery and they're like, make you watch the orientation Here's video. The training <laughs> Is that the corniest song? You're like. Let me loop you in. It's lupulin. <laughs> oh, great. Let's give it a taste. Mm. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, definitely more juicy and like citrusy. Oh, for sure. It's juice. It is like, they must have used a crap load of hops in this. <laughs> it's just like straight aroma. Not a lot of bitterness. Very juicy. On that first sip, I was kind of overwhelmed by how yeah. juicy it was. And you can tell there's a lot of like residual sugars hanging out. Yeah. As I say, it was either like some kind of sweetness or maybe some of that. Well, it had to be that because like if you're getting the citrus from the hops, it's not going to actually replicate like a lemon sourness. But I was getting a little bit of like a the, the mouthfeel at the end on the finish was like. Making me almost kind of pucker a little bit. I yeah. think it's just the sweetness. 
Yeah, it's it's very sweet. That needs some bitterness to balance it out. I think this is the yeah. sweetest one by far. And that's I'm kind of disappointed because like I felt like I detected a little bit of those kind of like more bitter, resinous hops, which I think would balance out if you kind of had something thrown in there that, mm-hmm. and, and maybe those part of maybe that got lost in the dealkalization process. I'm not sure, but it just it left it's leaving you with a really like sweet. This almost to me think makes me think like this could have been a beer if I didn't know better that they just did no fermentation and it's just more like a warty sweet <laughs> yeah. beer. Yeah. With some like hop a super addition. hop addition. Yeah. They like boiled it with some hops and then had a, you know, no fermentation done. So it's like, Hey, you've got this juicy citrusy beer, but also it's going to be incredibly sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely sweet. Um, and you can tell it's got the highest carbs in the, in the whole group here. Um, well, at yeah. least the ones I have on the can. It's not lacking in flavor at all. It's just it's almost yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're gonna make we're gonna make up for the alcohol and just overload them with sugar and sweet hops. It's kind of like a it's like juice. It's very like much like juice. Leaves a good lace <laughs> foam lace on the on the glass though. Owen likes the lace. <laughs> Look at that lace. Hmm. Do we talk about the mouthfeel on this one? I feel like a little bit of like the punkering sourness, yeah. but I think this one is actually not bad. It has a lighter to slightly fuller mouthfeel than the last one, but um, smooth. Yeah, it it definitely goes down smooth. I would. I mean. I'm not a, I'm not opposed to drinking this again. I just I don't know. It's just I wouldn't want to have a lot of these. No, it's like the sweetness would be overwhelming. Beer. Yeah, it's it's almost just a little too sweet for me. Um which I wasn't expecting. But I don't know, maybe I would drink it again. We'll see. I'd I think I'd be more Could likely be to drink beer. the Dos Equis again than, than yeah. this one. And like I could probably yeah, have a couple beach. of these on the beach, beach like Yeah, that's a good place. It's really for this. sweet and like, you know, lemony limey be refreshing you know again we kind of talked about like good options for the beach when you're trying to have a few nice beverages but maybe not totally get dehydrated while you're baking in the sun so you know hop water some na beers you know maybe would be good to throw in yeah all right so the next beer we've got here is actually i think one we've had before um this is from Athletic Brewing Co. This is their Run Wild IPA. Uh, again, uh, less than 0.5%. They actually, I, you know, they were established in uh, 2017. Didn't realize that until I just read it on the can. So not, not that long ago. Mm-mm. But, yeah, they definitely have been one of, they were probably one of the, like you said, the more popular names to kind of contribute to the rise, I think, in the popularity of... NA beers, as far as like in the craft beer scene, mm-hmm. outside of your, you know, your domestic, you know, ABM Bev beers and, and you know the cores NA. So I'm glad they're kind of pioneers in that sense, but uh, definitely have, you know, they have basically that niche where they're exclusively NA, whereas other breweries are kind of offering NA options, options but yeah. you know they're they're not carving that path, so they're kind of committed to that entirely. Yeah, but, which I think is good because I mean, you're where the other brewers are just like, oh, let's get a chunk of the market share. 
right. uh, by already using our brand power and maybe they're not devoted as much where these guys like have to make their product good or nobody's going to buy it because right. they don't offer anything else. That's a good point. <laughs> but we'll see. So this one is the lowest calorie we've had so far and the lowest carbs. So 65 calories, 14 grams of carbs. Really? Uh, less than one gram of protein, no fat. Interesting um, that that's the lowest because it's an IPA. I would have thought maybe that the Dos Equis would have been lowest just because it's a lager. Yeah, but. yeah. and usually a low-calorie mm-hmm. thing as it is. Ooh, we got an exploder here. It's a sploder. Exploder. Yeah, and I don't know. If this one isn't great, I think we can chalk it up to age a little bit. It was It's probably a little bit past its prime, but... Optimus Prime. <laughs> it's past its Optimus Prime. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting right now. I'm about half and half foam and and beer, so I'm gonna Ooh. give it a second to settle out. Yeah, and there's definitely a little bit of stuff in the bottom of the can there, just little floaters. But definitely has a nice like honey gold color, mm-hmm. a touch haze. It also could be some of the hazes from the bottom of the can. Some of that particular. Yeah, matter. I got a little haze in mine too. But it has like an off-white collar of foam here that's pretty persistent, like fluffy. Yeah, very fluffy. The aroma is kind of like... I actually smell like... I smell some honey in there. Yeah, it's like less IPA, more like a a honey-style beer. Bit of like like earthy, floral, too, uh, and like... Yeah, like deep earthy tones underneath the sweetness and that kind of honey vibe I'm getting. I'm kind of curious how it's going to taste with all that said. Yeah. Hmm. This might be the most complex flavor of what mm-hmm. we've had so far. Um, and I mean, it, it, tastes, it tastes like an IPA. But yeah. This one, uh, I think it was actually canned. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, it was packaged in June 2022, so... <laughs> it's a little old. Probably should have had it by last summer. <laughs> so it's probably about six or so months past what would be... But again, you know, with NA beers, it's kind of interesting because I'm not sure... I'm not sure what the rule of thumb is for that, if it's similar. This is an IPA, though, so with all the the hop additions, like, those are a little more volatile as far as age goes. So probably wouldn't want to push it with something like that. But they do have a lot of other beers in their lineup. I think we've had like a gold nail from them. They have another IPA that's actually, I think, marketed as like a hazy IPA. This is the Run Wild, but uh, I think this is probably one of their more iconic beers. So just let's kind of take that age into account. I still think um, it still has some pretty good character. It definitely leans a little bit towards that earthy side uh like the kind of grassy hops yeah yeah and i mean it's kind of the most close to beer i think that we've had in flavor so far yeah like this tastes the most like beer to me and i think it was a little fresher to be a little more bright and vibrant right. whereas right now but i think it's um <clears throat> i mean i still think it's fine <laughs> I don't think... yeah i mean it's, it's it definitely has that like residual bitterness that you expect from an ipa Especially like a an American IPA or something where it's 
West Coast American. It's got more of that bitterness that some people actually really enjoy. This one has that. The, uh, the Sam Adams seem to be just overly sweet and citrusy, but this one has a, a bit of a balance, which is nice, despite it being a little past its prime. So Yeah. Yeah, and being sealed in the can and pasteurized and everything, like it's still safe to drink by by any means. Just might lose a little bit, you know, that fresh hop character that's right. in there. And, and not necessarily. It doesn't taste stale by any means. I think it's just the bright, vibrant parts of the hops have, have fallen off, and now we're getting some more of those deeper tones. Mm-hmm. But, again, I mean, I think this is the most IPA-like experience we've had so far. Uh, I guess this is only the second IPA we've had, but, but <laughs> it's the it's most reminiscent of beer. Than the Dos <laughs> yeah. So much more IPA than the Blue Moon. <laughs> the Blue Moon was like, I'm going to try to be a citrusy IPA without any hop character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, hmm, let's just be sweet oranges. Hmm. Yeah. And I think this one also has a good balance still. Uh, again, like being true to the style, it has a little bit of a good malt bill. Like the backbone of the malt is still there um, underneath all the the hops. And that may be partially like I said, because of the age and some of those more pungent hop aromas and flavors have kind of, you know, fallen by the wayside. So maybe it's letting the, the malt come through a little bit more, but... Um, I think overall can, pretty well yeah. balanced. I mean, it smells very malty. That's the one thing I think where the other ones were missing. Whereas this one is more malt pronounced. Like I can kind of smell, and that's what it really reminds me of. Kind of like on a brew day when you go in and you like smell those that work cooking. You know, that's yeah, that's kind of what I'm reminded of right now. And it's it's I think it's definitely the most beer like experience we've had. Yeah. Yeah, so recommended to get this and drink it uh, shortly after it's packaged, but <laughs> it also holds up pretty well considering that it's a little bit older. But um, again, and, and this one is pretty accessible. Uh, if you don't see it in your grocery stores, you could more than likely find it at uh, your local bottle shop. I think if there, you know a lot of bottle shops and craft beer retailers are starting to carry more product of the na variety or hop waters things like that they're trying to you know their goal is of course to have as many products to appeal to a wide audience and so they're they have a finger on the pulse of what's kind of trendy in the craft beer scene Um, i've already noticed you know some of our places here locally uh, have started to have a little more shelf space for those options so and athletic is definitely one that we see see there so yeah i like this one but uh Got one more IPA left to yeah. round things out. Yes. The last one we've got here is actually one that I did not expect to see in the grocery store. So I will say I got this from a uh, Wegmans grocery store. Um, this is by Flying Dog, which Flying Dog, you know, up in the Northeast. This beer is Deep Fake, uh, which is their non-alcoholic IPA. Now, Flying Dog doesn't go through to say, you know, any calories or anything like that. I think this can is the most reminiscent of any any craft beer. You know, it's got a nice, uh, you know, picture of a... Who is that? Is this supposed to be the queen or something? (laughs) With a big mustache and, or like those glasses with the nose and mustache attached. 
Yeah, is that like the Groucho Marx? <clears throat> yeah, Groucho. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> we are not amused. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so yeah, deep fake non-alcoholic IPA from Flying Dog, not one that I expected to see on grocery store shelves. Yeah, and if I had to guess before. If I had to guess before we started drinking, I was expecting this one to maybe be my favorite of the five. That's a little bit of bias because it's Flying Dog and they're, you know, a pretty well-known craft brewery on the East Coast at least. But um, I guess we'll see if it holds up. Straight out the can, hazy. Like, full-on haze. Can't see through it really much at all. It's kind of a deep orange color yeah really hazy actually and uh good healthy collar of foam on it nice tight bubbles what are you get on the nose I'm having a hard time picking up a lot of Me too. character. I might try to see if I can get something There's just from the can. Weird, like, I'm picking up almost citrus, but then, like, the weirdest, like, hint of mint. Like, fresh mint leaf. Like, it's very weird. Yeah, definitely something herbal or kind of, like, fragrant that's... Yeah, it, it could be mint. I don't know. It almost... Then maybe that's what, it, what I was getting because I was taking first couple whiffs and i was like i i don't want to say that it smells like medicine <laughs> but it was some kind of like medicinal yeah characteristic there i think it might be the mint kind of like a, a menthol-esque smell that's interesting because it's kind of like grapefruit and maybe that's what it is maybe it's just kind of like a weird grapefruit character that i'm picking up some of that on but i'm like on the undertones it's just kind of like that finish of smell has like almost that minty sharpness yeah grapefruit could be one of the components because it has citrus character but also has some kind of like harsher bitterness to it mm. i mean a lot of people eat, eat grapefruit with like honey or sugar to kind of sweeten it up a little bit not just straight out yeah i'm not really a fan of like because to me grapefruit or grapefruit juice is like super tart and can be a little bit bitter without adding some sugar to it so yeah hmm Interesting flavor. So we just tasted it, and I think we're both a little perplexed. Hmm. Yeah, I'm having a hard time. Maybe the hardest of all five of these to pinpoint flavors. Yeah, it's still got some citrus. It's got some malt, but it's like malt in a different way. I'm curious what method they use to make this non-alcoholic. <clears throat> It is also like pretty light bodied, which is maybe kind of the overall trend for these. This, all the NA beers we had were pretty <laughs> pretty light bodied, but the, on the can it says what on the surface might smell and taste like an IPA is in fact a masterful forgery engineered to trick the senses. A smooth drinking, non alcoholic brew full of hop flavor that was one hundred percent definitely not created by the government in an underground research facility <laughs> guarded by laser cats. Ah. Uh. That'd be um, a cool story if it was. Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm kind of having some mixed feelings here. Yeah. It doesn't pack the same flavor that we had with the 
athletic brewing IPA. It's also, I think, a better overall product in my my palate anyway than the Sam Adams mm-hmm. IPA because that one was touch too sweet and like overly citrusy for my liking without having like some good balance from either either hop character or from the malt. This one actually is pretty well balanced, but it's it's just like missing the star of the show. I don't know. I, I can't really... Everything's done subtly, which maybe isn't a bad thing, but it doesn't make it stand out to me. Yeah, I think it just kind of... It's just missing that extra layer of flavor, I think. Like, I all of these have been a little bit afraid to go bitter. Have you noticed? Like, none of them have been bitter, really, except for the Athletic had some bitter notes. Yeah. Whereas this one is a hazy IPA, so not super bitter to begin with, but I think they need that bitterness to bring them back to beer, beardom, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, because I'm not sure that it feels like I'm drinking a beer. No. Which, I mean, technically I'm not, but, or at least not an alcoholic beer, but... That's kind of the whole point, I think, is what they're chasing is to produce a product that is very close to beer, but lacks the alcohol. And this one, like most, I feel like touts the most that it's like beer, because it says also on here, like, Deep Fake is about to change everything you think about non-alcoholic beer. And then on the box, it said something about, like, you won't believe it's not whatever. Um so interesting, but again, it's not, it's like just a touch one dimensional. And I can't imagine it's all alcohol, like the missing component of alcohol. Like, I don't think it's that making that much of an impact, but yeah, just something, it's just like off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it. it's almost like a really low ABV session IPA. And I think that's a, you mentioned that. I think that's a good point that it's a style that tries to kind of walk the line of, you know, being a full bodied, full flavored IPA, which people enjoy, but also kind of bringing the ABV down to be more approachable, sessionable. And a lot of those just kind of fall flat. It's it's easy to do because Mm -hmm. you are stripping a lot of that through the process of, you know, having less fermentation, less alcohol being created. This one is kind of almost like it fell victim to that. Um, I don't know what process they used, whether it was some kind of altered fermentation or a de-alcoholization process, but you know, I, I don't know what, what it tasted like before. It just, it almost is just, it's just missing something and it's not bad, but like, I'm not going to drink. I, don't, I wouldn't want to drink a lot of these because, if I'm going to go for a hazy IPA non-alcoholic option, I still want it to taste like a hazy IPA. And this one just kind of, it's like, as a kid say, mid. <laughs> <laughs> Those kids, as they say, mid. No cap. No cap. Um, it's not, and it's not bad. Like, I'm, I'm not grossed out by it. It's just like, it's pretty bland. Yeah, it has some malt flavor to it. Like, it's kind of got that wort flavor of the malt. Um, And I think what it needs is um, more bitterness. I think that would help, I think that just, like, where this one and the Sam Adams one, I think, fell short was they just were 
so sweet. Like this one is less sweet and more balanced than the Sam Adams was, but it's still pretty sweet. Like that's the the predominant character is I think is sweetness. Um, and I'm actually looking at the Flying Dog website right now. So they go a little more information on here. They say it's actually the lowest calorie of all of them that we've had, which I was not expecting at all. Uh, they said it's only 39 calories per can. That's interesting. And that could be a big con- contributor mm-hmm. to why the flavor's a little bit But what's funny lackluster. is in the picture of the beer on here, like, it is not hazy at all. <laughs> like, on their website, the picture of it looks like a West Coast IPA. <laughs> yeah. Like, it does not look like what this is. Um, what else do they say about it? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I don't know. The can also looks different. I wonder if they've changed it. Yeah, because this was. has been out for a couple years, it looks like. Uh, I'm seeing some pictures of, like, the, uh, more of a light blue can. Yeah. This is a, a really rich, like, royal blue color. Yeah, the, and the can is just a completely different design of what was on there, but it's the same beer. Nothing's brand. This is not like a specialty version of it or anything like that. So. Yeah. And it says they have mosaic Simcoe and Citra hops. So, I mean, pretty good hops for a hazy IPA. And the Citra hops are definitely more. Does yours say Citra? This says Centennial for me. Mosaic Centennial and Simcoe. Oh, what I got this from was from... (laughs) Maybe they have changed the recipe some. Well, this is from 2021, and so I wonder if maybe that's part of it. The the info I got was from Uh, when it came out in summer 2021. Yeah, I'm on Flying Dog's website right now. So maybe they have changed the recipe a little bit too, and and that I mean, not that that would drastically make it better or worse if they switched out a hop. Yeah, this doesn't say a printed date on the can. But yeah, I mean... It falls a little flat. Um, I wouldn't expect it to be 39 calories. I thought it would be more than that. Um, I mean, and that aspect is kind of nice. If you are trying to go for the lowest calorie you can possibly get, this one would be the clear pick. But would you want to have you know a few of these? That um, kind yeah. of depends on your taste, I guess. No. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Um, all right. You want to give these a rank? Which one? I guess we can start off. What is your... Number one recommendation. If somebody's in the grocery store and they see these five beers, what should they pick? If you're trying to go for like the true experience of enjoying a beer uh, with just, you know, at, at its center, like its core, like what it, what it's supposed to taste like, I think the athletic brewing beer comes closest to like nailing that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, and that's even with this beer being a little bit old. So I think had it been, you know, fresh, it would have been even better. Yeah. And it still was pretty approachable. That would probably be my pick. And beyond that, though, I'm actually surprised to say I probably, I'd still recommend Dos Equis for people. Like, <laughs> that's, and you know, it's funny. That's the exact same I was going to say. is like, if you're looking for a direct, like, beer replacement, like, I want beer-flavored, non-alcoholic beer, I uh, would probably reach for The Athletic. I think... You know, they've done some work to make sure that they have a beer-like product. Yep. Whereas some of these other ones, I think they tried to apply apply some of the same principles they use, but it just didn't really hit the mark for me. It was just not that enjoyable. You know, it's kind of like I'd rather just break the dry January and have a beer. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, so I, I, would, I would definitely say probably athletic if you're looking for, like, the most IPA-like. But if you're looking for something just to grab, to drink... Um, you know, you're doing something, you're 
Yeah, to having it with food, with dinner. You just want an enjoyable tasting beverage that's kind of like beer. I'd say the Dos Equis for sure. <laughs> that Dos, Dos Equis salt and lime. Yeah, because that, that to me is like it's actually pretty close to yeah. having a cerveza with a lime wedge. Um, a little more salty, but like that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, you kind of brought up a good point. I think with Athletic being you know, solely focused on making non-alcoholic beers. They probably have honed their craft a little bit more than some of the other ones. Even like a large brewery uh, such as Sam Adams, the Boston Beer Company, like they probably aren't trying to really make, you know, the the best possible NA beer because they have such a, you know, broad lineup of other products that are going to sell more. But they do have, you know, the, the availability of something like a hazy IPA, which is, kind of outside their normal wheelhouse of styles anyway. So I, I think it's cool they offer it. And I think Flying Dog, you know, again, they're this is kind of their first step into that avenue of, you know, the craft beer industry. And so we'll see how it goes from there mm-hmm. if they decide to keep experimenting a little more. Um, I, I do, I, I mean, I like the aspect of that that's kind of the most, like, regional craft brew, brew-ish like option we've had here while still being kind of on a, a more available scale. Like flying mm-hmm. dog is in almost every grocery store around here, but I just don't know that, uh, this one really landed for me. So yeah, I probably would go athletic one. Dosakis two. Uh, between deep fake and Sam Adams, it's kind of tough for me. <laughs> I think I'd put deep fake above Sam Adams. I think yeah. Sam Adams are just overwhelmingly sweet. Would you um, go Sam Adams and then Blue Moon? Yeah, Blue yeah. Moon last. Blue yeah. Moon was just like water Sorry, down orange juice. <laughs> it, was not yeah, it, it really was. It was just like a, a watery Sunny D or something. Yeah, it's like Sunny D light. <laughs> yeah, if you're trying to watch your figure and drink Sunny D. This it's like is... if you had Tang, but you only put half the amount of powder in the water. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, probably, it's like people that like, yeah, they cut down on the sugar for those like Kool-Aids or... Yeah, the, the powder you mix in with water and you're supposed to add sugar. And yeah. It's a health-conscious mom like, we're going to not use the full cup of sugar. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you get the Kraft mac and cheese and it tells you like the healthier preparation that uses like half the butter. Oh, yeah, yeah get like, out of here. Out of- I'm doubling the butter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only using butter. <laughs> I'm not using milk. I'm using... <laughs> I'm not boiling I'm the pasta in cream. water. I'm boiling the pasta in liquid <laughs> butter. <laughs> hey, try my brown butter Kraft mac and cheese. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Not again. Um, but, yeah, so those are your recommendations if you see these on the shelf. If you're, you know, trying to look for a alcoholic beverage alternative, you know, you can follow our recs or you can throw them in the trash and get whatever you want. I mean, <laughs> who are we? We're just two random guys with a couple of microphones. So What do we know? What do we know? Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, we've had some options. They've had their pros and cons. It depends what you're looking for, really. Um but I think there's some solid options out there to help you get through this horrible month if, you, if you're participating. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or you're just trying to be a little more, uh, you know, alcohol conscious. Uh, nothing wrong with that at all. You know, to say, <laughs> I will say, though, with this and having tried all these, I probably would rather just drink hop water, to be honest. But um, I just think it tastes better. <laughs> and I think maybe it's yeah. my partial because I like hops. But, like, even... I don't know. As we'll see in the next episode, the flavor that they have with them and some of the techniques they use make them uh, a little bit more 
have a little bit more depth and you kind of know what you're going into. Whereas these ones are kind of like trying to be, Oh, we're going to make our beer, but we're going to make it non-alcoholic. It's like, no, we're just going to shift completely and we're going to make this. So, uh, excited to do that episode. Excited to try to make one. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem too hard. Um, but <laughs> that's until something catastrophic. Famous goes last wrong. Words. <laughs> yeah. So check How us out. How hard can it be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So check us out on our next episode. We'll do a taste test comparing the the homebrew uh, hop water to some commercial examples. And uh, we'll talk about the process for that. So thanks for tuning in. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Oh, wait. What did we learn? I forgot. It's oh. 2024 and I'm forgetting. What did we learn? Yeah. What would you learn, Nick? Elsie's <laughs> gone. So, Well, I think I'll just succinct things down to I learned that I probably would prefer not to do NA beers <laughs> unless it is like a specialty NA brewery. Yeah. Um, I think there's merit there, but I think outside of that, and I'm not trying to slam any of the like larger breweries that we've had today, but um, again, it's, it's it, it, if that's your, if that's your thing, and if you're trying to find an option, these are suitable for sure. Um, but I, I'd either just abstain from drinking any kind of beer substitute or I'd stick with someone or try to, you know, find someone that had uh, more of a an, ex, like an experience with making non-alcoholic yeah. beers to, to get really a, a closer to true product. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you'll hear Lauren always say, well, it's not worth the calories to me. That's kind of how <laughs> these are. Like, they're not worth the calories. Like, they taste fine, you know, Um they're just not not worth the calories. I think. Um, I think I learned that I I bitterness has become really a part of my palate these days. You know, from drinking black roasty coffee to you know beer with a good dose of bitterness. I think that's yep. that's kind of where my palate has landed. Uh, if it's like a Czech Pills or if it's a West Coast IPA or even a hazy IPA, just some of that bitterness in there. And I think some of these were maybe played them down a little bit just to since they don't have the alcohol to balance it out, and maybe a little less of that malt character, they probably didn't want to go overboard. But I think they ended up being a little bit one-sided with some sweetness and heavy aroma hops. Like, I'd be interested to see like a <clears throat> non-alcoholic West Coast-style IPA. Yeah. Where I think these all these all lean towards the haze factor. Um, so I, I'd be interested to see if there's one out there that's... But again, there probably is. We just got what's on yeah. the shelves at the store. Yeah. So I mean, these are things you could probably find. And I'll add one thing since you kind of made me think about it with your uh, your note. I also learned that more calories doesn't mean more flavor or <laughs> better flavor because my favorite of the five, the athletic, was only 65 calories. And we had a couple that were, you know, 73, 76, 80 calories. So it really was pretty moderate in calorie and still had the most flavor more more most depth of flavor to me so yeah exactly doesn't always mean uh more calorie doesn't always mean more better <laughs> <laughs> more calories more better why do more calories when less calorie do trick <laughs> <laughs> perfect we're gonna talk like that for now on <laughs> kevin malone hey, kevin malone um yeah so well we've reached the end now finally happy 2024 everybody uh 
you know our socials if you've been listening for a bit, but on Instagram at East Carolina Beer, Facebook East Carolina Beer and Brewing. If you want to hit us up with an email, send us a question or send us some beer or something, just just send us a message at East Carolina Beer at gmail.com. Uh, we don't really do the Twitter game anymore <laughs> or anything. Threads are on the same as our Insta, uh, or you can check out our website, EastCarolinaBeer.com. But uh, with that, Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.